Hey there, Diet Rider, Alyssa here. I just wanted to sneak in real quick and let you know that the doors to our exclusive Diet Riders membership are opening again super soon. And we want you, yes, you, to get on the waitlist now so you don't miss it. Click the link in the show notes below to join the waitlist. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss this because we are giving away a free gift worth $99 to those who sign up for your membership within the first 48 hours. So it is crucial to be on that waitlist and make sure you get our emails right away. We can't wait to have you inside the membership getting all the support, education, and encouragement you need to continue on your food freedom journey for a super affordable price. Okay, now back to the show. All right. Hey, 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 Diet Riders. Welcome back to the Diet Ride Podcast. I'm Alyssa Miller. I'm Brooke Miller. We're both dietitians. Both moms. Both from the Midwest. Both live in Denver. And still quarantined, which quarantined. I feel like that's never going to change. I feel like that's just part of our intro from now. I know. That's just part of it, you guys. It's for a whole freaking year, year, apparently. We're on Zoom. Who isn't on Zoom right now? Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, so sad. We're both on Zoom. Um, first tip top at the top, tippy top, tippity top top. Okay, so at the tippity top of this episode, I want to let you guys know to click the link in our show notes below because that will get you on our wait list for our membership. The doors are opening super soon, you guys. Like, I can't even tell you how soon, but super soon, you definitely would want to be on the wait list because if you sign up in the first 48 hours of our doors opening for a year membership, you get our course for free. It's a $99 course, Quit Dieting, the Diet Writer's Guide to Intuitive Eating. It's a killer place to start. And truly, the members inside of our membership who grabbed the course are just, just have like a foundational understanding of intuitive eating and already have a ton of work under their belt. Mm-hmm. It's just such a great place to start the membership off at. So you definitely want to be on our wait list. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, it's a great way to start inside the membership because you have mm-hmm. time to really learn and grow within that course. And then you can take what you've learned and implement it into the membership. And it's just, it's so helpful and, you know, getting, getting the basics in because intuitive eating it's a journey. And I think totally. the reason that Alyssa and I created a membership, we're just going to talk about the membership here for a second, and then we'll dive into our topic. But we created the membership because we wanted a way to help women on this journey long term. And right mm-hmm. now, you know, if you're working with a dietitian one to one, or you're working with um, a dietitian, a group coaching setting, it's great. But mm-hmm. a lot of times we leave and graduate from that. And we don't know where to go. And we don't know what to do. And we need some really long-term support from other women in this community. I think another thing I hear so often from people is nobody in my life knows what intuitive eating is. My spouse doesn't Mm -hmm. understand. My friends don't understand. My family thinks I'm crazy. They think I'm giving up on my health. And so they feel really alone. And believe me, like I tried doing this on my own too. And it, it took so long. And here's the thing you can, you can do intuitive eating without paying a dime. You can just buy the book, and listen to free podcasts and get all the information for free and you will make progress. But when totally. you do it inside of the membership, it saves you so much time and energy and you have that support. So if you're yes, the built best, in, yeah, the best part about the membership is like, if somebody's struggling that week, they can pop in and say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this. 
right now. And one of the members will jump in and say, oh yeah, I struggled with that recently too. Here's what I did. And then yep. they're also sharing their weekly wins and the weekly wins. And of course, Brooke and I are in there. Yes. We give you We're tips and tricks too. here. We encourage you. Yes. We give you some education and we take everything we read in there and you guys post in there and we turn it into more content for the membership to help you. Yes. So if we see like, for example, we saw two or three people post in there just right in a row of like some triggering photos that they saw of themselves that bothered them. So I turned that into a weekly prompt of like, hey, how can we overcome this photo mm-hmm. issue of seeing ourselves in photos we don't like? or whatever. And so we we really listen to our members and give back what they need to be hearing and they need to be learning. So anyways, we just wanted to let you know to get on that wait list because you don't want to miss that killer bonus. I mean, that's $100 off your membership. That's freaking insane. That's freaking insane. So we don't want you to miss it. Um, So many of the members that did snag that the the same bonus the first time around when we opened doors were so grateful for it and have really loved the information provided in there. It's super solid. So and yeah, the reason why we created the membership is because Brooke and I were intuitive eaters for years, but not until we started the podcast and truly got in community with each other in intuitive Mm -hmm. eating did we feel like it truly took off and flourished and there was still stuff lurking and hiding that we didn't even know was in our life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys hear us talk about this all the time. And really, we re- that's where we realized we needed community um, to continue to grow. And and you guys do too. And you guys are freaking loving it and we're loving it. So anyways, all that to be said, get on the wait list. Hint, hint, this is the last time we're going to uh, remind you to get on the wait list. So that being said, this week, we are chatting all about how to be an intuitive eater on a budget. This is a question that we get regularly. It's a really good one too, because a lot of times we can say things like, oh, give yourself unconditional permission to eat. And that can get expensive. <laughs> I know it is. Yes. Well, and you know, we have listeners from all over the world. So mm-hmm. I don't even know what What up, Nigeria? Is. We see you. Yes, Nigeria. <laughs> yes. We're, we're in the top nutrition podcast in Nigeria. We're like top five. I don't, I don't want to brag. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Uh, so, but I don't know what grocery stores look like in every single country. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. to quite a few countries where um, like in Asia, I mean, there's 7-Elevens and where most people are getting mm-hmm. their groceries and foods at 7-Elevens. And then, you know, it's, so it's just or like open like, markets and, you know, yeah. like stuff we're not necessarily used to here in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and depending on what city you're into, I mean, Alyssa and I have kind of moved around the U.S. and lived in different cities and even city to city, like it makes such a difference, like where you're living, what access do you have to food? I mean, we, I feel like first of all, like we've talked about the thin privilege we have. We've talked about like, we have a lot of privilege. We're white women, we're in thin bodies or normal size bodies, quote unquote, but we're also grateful. And we have privilege to be living in Denver where we have access to all grocery stores. I mean, I can drive three miles and I can get to a Trader Joe's, a Whole Foods, a Sprouts, a Target grocery store, King Supers, like I mean, I have so many grocery stores within a five mile radius. And I know that like where I grew up, I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have that Mm -hmm. many grocery stores within that small of an access. And so we just wanted to talk a little bit about this because we actually had somebody reach out saying like, Hey, I live in a city where I don't have access to all of these grocery stores. And, um, I would love to hear, you know, some tips on budgeting and, and what to do when you don't have access to all of those grocery stores. 
Well, yeah. And so this is, we talked about um, a food desert. So basically living in a food desert is living in a space where you don't have readily accessible food, Mm -hmm. especially fresh food, you know, the type of food that typically diets or dietitians will um, promote and say are healthy, like fresh fruits and vegetables. Like Brooke said, you might be shopping at a 7-Eleven, you might have access to fresh fruits and vegetables, whatever that looks like. So we just want to validate that and know that those pockets in the world do exist. Actually, um, Josh, and I were looking at buying houses and there was a neighborhood we were looking at um, purchasing a house in that was completely in a food desert. I think the nearest grocery store was 12 miles away Mm -hmm. um, and it was told to us by a realtor. She said, hey, just so you know, there's no grocery store nearby. And that's really sad because luckily we do have a car, you know, and we can afford to have a car, but some people don't have a car. They can't drive 12 miles or they don't have the time during the day because their work schedule or whatever, Mm -hmm. that they can't just like run to the grocery store real quick or have it delivered and pay all the extra fees. And they have to get on a bus and they have to go, you know, walk down the street or, you know, take a, a, what's it called when you get off one bus and onto another (laughs) conversion that's not right <laughs> I'm saying that wrong whatever it is yeah but like transfer thank yeah, you transfer. Alyssa's brain um they have to transfer to a few different like uh public transportation and um get on and off buses and trains in the L or whatever so we just want you to know that that is a very real thing that exists in America specifically and we know other countries deal with this as well so we're going to be talking mostly about how to eat intuitively on a budget and hitting some of those tips but if you are currently living in a food desert you know that this is going to be a little bit harder for you to have access to the food that we might be talking about or that other people might be promoting. So you need to kind of prioritize where you're at in life and what you have access to and give yourself like cups and cups of grace. Like we all need to stop reading into the diet culture lies of you have to eat healthy. You have to eat these XYZ foods, never eat these XYZ foods. Like that is such a privileged stance to have of um, as if everyone has equal access or equal um, finances to eat those types of foods. Like the amount of kale that you need to eat, Karen, is a lot that people can't afford. It can get expensive. So we just want to put that out there and let you guys know that this episode specifically is going to be talking about that. But at the very top of it, we all need to prioritize what works best in our life and what we can afford and what we can't afford. And maybe right now for you, you can't afford to prioritize your relationship with food. And although there are going to be tips in here that you can pull out Mm -hmm. and move forward on, it doesn't mean that everyone has the same financial ability to even afford the the very basics. So I do have some tips in here for people who can't afford anything, of course, but um, there is just to kind of put that at the top of what your realistic life looks like. Like if you live in a food desert and we say have unconditional permission to eat food and when you have a craving, go satisfy it. Well, if your grocery store is 12 miles away and you have to walk there, (laughs) you're probably going to prioritize not walking to the grocery store over getting your bag of Cheetos or whatever. So just the way that you set up your life, obviously for everyone is going to look a bit differently. Yeah. At the end of the Um, day, I was going to say, at the end of the day, I mean, getting food on the table is the most important. Yes. 
Exactly right. Yeah. Your hierarchy of needs is getting fed, period. Um, And also, while we're kind of on the topic, if you are extremely strapped for cash, you can look within your specific community for ways that they can support you. Local churches are an incredible place to start. I know our church has a vast uh, arena of things that they offer to people who can't afford food, can't afford shelter, clothing, school supplies, whatever. So your local church is going to be a great place to start. But then also within your community, um, your food pantry is a great place to go looking for free and available food. Um, And they, I know for a fact in our area, are still really stocked well, Mm -hmm. um, even during this COVID crisis. So I know for a time there, it was a real struggle. um, But that is definitely something you can look into along with the SNAP program and um, the community center as well is a great place to get in touch. And like Brooke knows, WIC can be a great one for you. If you're a mom of a little one or currently pregnant, um, you can work with your local WIC office to get access to their services as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like this topic, I'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet, but um, yeah, I worked at WIC for two years as a dietitian and I worked in a very low income, you know, big city between Milwaukee and Mm -hmm. Chicago. And um, yeah, I mean, so many of my clients did appreciate what they were given. You know, we were able to change some of the things in the program, which was really good. Um, I think at the end, before I left, we had changed where they got a voucher for fresh fruits and vegetables, which was a mm-hmm. huge, like, good change. Um, we were able to offer farmer's market gift cards, too, which was one of my favorite things that we could offer. And then even, you know, even I worked at a homeless shelter as a case manager for, for years in college. And we did, um, we had our own pantry in the homeless shelter. And then once, um, once our clients got a house and moved out, we did provide them with food. And there are just so many, there are so many resources out there, but it's hard because every community is so different. And so if you're in a new city and you don't really know that, like Alyssa said, the church is a great place to start. Um, But also if you have children under the age of five, or if you're pregnant, definitely check out WIC. And then, um, I mean, food stamps or the SNAP program, like you should um, be able to qualify depending on your income for that as well. Yeah. So going forward, um, Brooke and I are going to be talking just a little bit about people on a budget. So I'm on a budget. I know Brooke, you budget too. Brooke and I talk about budgets all the time. Like we nerd out over money. (laughs) Totally. Like all the money information, YouTube channels and all the things. Listen, no matter how much money you make, you should be budgeting. It yeah. doesn't matter how rich you are. You should have a budget because otherwise you're you're no longer going to be rich. One yeah. day you're going to yeah. wake up and you blew it all at Costco like I do. <laughs> at Costco. Minus Dude. Yeah, yours is yours is Costco. She yep. So Yeah, depending on your budget, that's one of my tips for you is if you can afford to buy in bulk, it does save you money long term. But you need to be very strategic with how often you shop in bulk. (laughs) Because for me, it saves money, quote unquote. But then if I'm going every week, it really doesn't. So I've tried to cut back my Costco visits and obviously during Corona as well, but to one time a month. And really savoring that budget for it and then living off of it, you know, for the next month or six weeks until Mm -hmm. I go again. Um, I was going literally every week and just like dropping money. Like, why am I blowing my budget? Oh, because I'm buying in bulk a thousand different things that are going to last me a thousand years. Yes, (laughs) exactly. I don't need five different types of granola bars that have a 72 pack, Alyssa. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, that's my first thing. If you can afford to buy in bulk, I would recommend doing it sparsely. Yes. But um, also knowing that a big a big trigger for my budget is going to one store once a week. Mm-hmm. So I go literally to our grocery store is called King Supers, which I feel like to people around the nation, that's going to sound really funny. King Supers. <laughs> King Supers. So I go to King Supers or I choose Trader Joe's or I choose Costco mm-hmm. and I cycle through those. And that's I try my hardest just to go to one store and just make it work. It's like, well, if they were out of bacon or whatever, then I just go without or I choose something else or maybe there's some in my freezer. Um, I was finding myself going above and beyond my food budget because I'm a dietitian and I love food and I'm going to spend all my money on food Mm -hmm. Um, because I was going to multiple stores and like going all the time and I would get like hooked into, oh, that looks good and that looks good. So that's my first recommendation is choose one store to go to. Okay, I have a lot of tips written down. Okay, uh, I don't like, give us oh, one and then I'll give another one. All right, we'll okay. go back and forth. Yeah, well, I think along the lines of what you were just saying with Costco is certain things that Costco are a good deal and know what those things are and go yes. in for those things. Write them on a list and stick to that list. When we go to Costco, honestly, our cart is like the most empty cart, and it's like we buy the olive oil there, we buy the avocado oil there. We mm-hmm. buy, like, there's very, very, very specific things. Syrup, like maple syrup. I mean, it's like there's very specific things we buy at Costco because we know it's going to save us money. But not everything there does save you money. And so it is important to do a big Costco run like once a month and then just be very specific about what you buy. Wine, I mean, wine is pretty cheap there. So I like to buy my wine there. As well. well, in that, that's I'm a great point fancy. because. Yeah, I'm not that Costco wine. Hey, they got some good wines. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I actually look up YouTube videos of people yes. who specialize in like Costco shit. And they're like, here's what you should buy from Costco. Yep. And here's what's a ripoff. And I watch those every few months to make sure I'm like still up on it. Yep. Like that's where I learned that it was actually a lot of cases more expensive to buy your toilet paper there. Yeah, It feels like it's a better deal, but sometimes it's not. So you need to be paying attention to those prices. And that is something that I did. So this is another tip for you guys is I used to a while back. Now I'm pretty good at it in my head, but when I wasn't at all and I like needed to stick to my budget, I have an Excel spreadsheet with like, what's a good price for grapes? Literally, I would update it. I would go to the grocery store and be like, okay, grapes were, let's say $2.99 a pound and I would write $2.99 a pound. Well, then I would go back and it'd be $1.99 a pound and I'd be like, oh, that's a good price. So then I switched it in my Excel spreadsheet to this is a good price for grapes. So then now when I see it go down to 98 cents a pound, I go, holy shit, I should buy some grapes. That's a great price because usually it's $1.99 or whatever that might look like. Mm -hmm. So I literally had an Excel spreadsheet with things that I bought regularly, like my staples, and what a good quote unquote price was for it so that I knew when it was on sale or when I knew it was a good price. Because sometimes they'll advertise sales to you and they're not actually a good price. It's like, well, it's on sale for $5.99 a pound for cherries, but that's still expensive. <laughs> but it's got the big yellow sign or whatever. So know your prices. I think that's an excellent tip. The other thing yeah. too is just know your budget. Like mm-hmm. sit down calculate how much money you make per month, calculate how much your expenses are, calculate, you know, what percentage you want to spend on food and what that looks like and know what's realistic for you. Like for me, we had our budget set at a certain point and I was aching to get to that point every week. And I was like, I cannot do it. And I had to up our budget in food because I love food. That's where we spend our money my majority of the time. So I cut our entertainment budget 
instead of going out to eat more or instead of going to do something fun like a concert or whatever, I'd rather spend it at the grocery store. And that is the God's honest truth. <laughs> so know your budget, know exactly what you can spend. And we break it out weekly. And I find that really helpful. I used to do monthly. And then at the end of the month, I was like, well, looks like we're having some shredded cheese for dinner. <laughs> so yeah. break it out weekly. Yeah. I agree. I agree with the weekly. I think it has to be weekly. And what we, since COVID, I mean, we've only gone to the grocery store typically once a week. And it, mm-hmm. it is easier. Like if you're only going to the grocery store once a week and you have a weekly budget, it's so easy to know what you're spending. But I agree with you. Like monthly budgets don't work for us. I have to look like every week at, you know, how much money, where money needs to go. And I think weekly is way easier and going to one store a week if possible. Um, buying things in season is also important. So along with like the fruits and vegetables she was talking about and produce, if you're buying things in season, it's going to be more affordable. But if you're buying foods that are out of season, you're going to spend way more money. So I would highly encourage you to buy foods that are in season because they're going to be more um, affordable. And then if you really want something and it's not in season, see if they have it frozen, because if they have it frozen, um, frozen foods are, are just as good as fresh foods. Um, they're frozen at a good quality like they're right they're ready to go and then they're frozen and so there's no issue buying anything frozen so absolutely if something that you want produce wise is not in season go ahead and buy it frozen yes yes that's such a great tip I know people are afraid of frozen foods but it's awesome and actually one of my tips so when we talk about this idea of having food freedom, we talk a lot about this restrict binge cycle and this idea of food scarcity. So if you're in a budgeting mindset or if you feel like you can't afford food, that creates a level of food scarcity feeling in your in your gut, in your body, in your DNA. So you feel that food scarcity come in, which might lead to binges. So one of my tips is to work on finding food freedom and work on having this mindset that food is available. And when I have money to spend on food. I will buy food. I will nourish my body and not restrict, hoping I'll save money. Because what happens is when we restrict, typically, or not even typically, I would say it does, our DNA, our biology kicks in, and then we binge. And so if you think of your week as a whole of how much money you're spending on food, well, when you binge or you go out to eat because you've been restricting all week, you haven't been nourishing your body, you probably spend a hell of a lot more money binging and eating light night fast food because you're trying to restrict, even mm-hmm. if you're trying to restrict to save money. And really, yeah. I would encourage you to go look at your budget and say, what have I been spending my money on? Do I, you know, when I have access, do I binge drink or binge eat or binge whatever because I've been restricting trying to save money? And over time, is it really saving you money or are you blowing your budget Mm -hmm. because of that binge? Do you know what I mean? So really working on food freedom and and working on this can actually cut your budget (laughs) because you're no longer feeling that sense of food scarcity. And then what you said about the freezer food, If you truly have a feeling of like, I don't have enough food in my fridge and that stresses you out and gives you that feeling of food scarcity, what I encourage you to do is try to save your leftovers and freeze them, Mm -hmm. even just one portion at a time until your freezer is full of food. Or if you can afford to cook once and eat twice, which is one of my favorite things. I actually prefer to cook once, eat three times. So in the moment, leftovers tomorrow and then some in the freezer. But if you can afford to to make a double batch at some point, even just once a week, 
freeze an entire batch of food and put it in the freezer, eventually you're going to have a full freezer, which hopefully will calm your nerves of feeling like the fridge is empty. I don't have food and not knowing where my next meal is coming from because I've got a freezer full of food. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I really like that tip. Um, another thing too, with, with the freezer is buying meat. This is one thing that we do often. We buy meat when it's on sale. So we go to the grocery store, we follow our list, but if we're in the meat section and there is meat on sale, like a big discount, we buy Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't matter if like that doesn't, it doesn't have to be on our meal plan um, for the week. We buy it, we throw it in the freezer right away. So much like Target, especially, they do a lot where if you go on Sundays or certain days, it depends on your Target, they'll put like a $3 off coupon on the meat. And whenever we see that, we buy like, I mean, we buy a lot of meat as it is. We're Mm -hmm. not vegetarians, but uh, (laughs) we'll buy like a decent amount of meat when it is on sale, throw it in the freezer. And then we know like when we're meal planning, we shop our pantry and our freezer first and that's that goes along with the next tip is like if you have all of this stuff in your freezer you have all this meat that you got on sale and this bread like when bread and the bakery stuff is on sale like a really cheap discount go ahead and buy extra throw it in your freezer this happened to us last week and jesse was at the grocery store and the lady was like wow you got a lot of bread she literally (laughs) said that you got like because i I have celiac. Hell yeah, I do. So everything like I got gluten-free bagels, gluten-free bread, and then he got bread for him and Ashton, and then bagels for him and English muffins for him. So I mean, it was a lot of bread for you know two adults, and uh, uh-huh. like I'm freezing this. Like it's COVID. Leave me alone. Like I'm leave me alone, lady. But we freeze um, bread, bread products, and fruits and vegetables and meats. We freeze all of that, and so I think it is super important to shop your pantry and your freezer and your fridge because the issue and Alyssa and I've talked about the issue of like whole 30 and all these other trendy diets is like mm-hmm. a lot of times you have to buy all these ingredients that you don't have on hand and that is so freaking expensive I spent so, so much expensive. money on whole 30 but if you buy all of this meat or produce or things when they are on sale and you have access to it and it's in your freezer when you're like hey I don't know what I'm going to make for the week you look in your freezer, oh, we got that $2 beef. Um, let's make chili with it or let's make tacos or then you can meal plan based on that. And that also helps, you know, with meal planning. And so yes, it's just yes. like, take advantage of these sales, these really good sales, buy it in bulk, you know, when yep. it's not affordable. Yeah. And I think that's an excellent point is that meal planning can save you a lot of money because when you're, especially, I loved what you said about the fad diets. When you're trying to start a new fad diet and it says, go out and buy this kind of oil and buy this kind Mm of, don't use the mayonnaise in your freezer or in your fridge, use this kind of mayonnaise or whatever it is, make your own mayonnaise, whatever the fuck they tell you to do. But whatever that looks like, it's a ton of money to start from scratch and be like, okay, everything I have is now trash. I'm going to throw it away and start over. That's an expensive move to make. So dieting itself is so expensive, not only because of these like, quote unquote, clean, healthy foods that they want you to eat that you have none of at home, possibly, but also like the pills and the products and the subscriptions and the X, Y, or Z, or you have the wrong scale. You need this kind of scale and you need that it's all so expensive. So that is a huge cost that you might be incurring already just to buy this specific cookbook or be part of this specific app or whatever it might look like for you. And in this dieting world, I think is, is exactly right. 
And then with meal planning, like it sounds stressful and it sounds kind of counterintuitive to intuitive eating. We actually have an episode. If you guys go way back and listen to our meal planning episode, we talked about how you can meal prep and meal plan inside of intuitive eating. But basically, it's the idea of being super flexible with it, right? Like, mm-hmm. like choose a few meals that sound good and put them in your week loosely. I, my number one trigger for what will sound good that day is the weather. So I always look at the weather. So tomorrow, for whatever freaking reason, Denver has decided to snow upon us. <laughs> snow. Okay. And so I already know tomorrow I'm making um, baked potato soup. Like I know, even though it's freaking September 8th, I know. ninety. It was 95 today here in Denver. 95 Isn't today. that ridiculous? That Isn't was that ridiculous? so Midwest. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> it's because I've been in the Midwest. I've been with my Midwest family. Yeah. My, my family. Um, but I cannot believe it. So I already know in my meal planning that tomorrow is going to be a soup day because it's going to be freaking 32 degrees or whatever. Yeah. So for me, it's weather. Find out what it is for you. Find out how busy your family is, what you have going on, and meal plan according. Making your best guess of what you're going to feel like eating so you're still honoring your hunger and honoring what sounds good to you. But be mindful of that meal planning. And I loved what Brooke said. Shop your pantry, shop your freezer, shop your fridge first. I actually have a bucket of food in my fridge that's about to go bad that I always shop first. Mm -hmm. First thing that I look at. And what you you guys can do is Google or go on Pinterest and type in the top three ingredients you want to use. And they'll give you a recipe of how to put them together. Uh So you don't have to go out and buy a thousand new things just to use your shredded beef. You can say, I have shredded beef, sweet potatoes, and sour cream. What the do I do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they'll they'll tell you. And it's incredible the things that they come up with that you would never think to do. And don't be afraid to tweak recipes and say, oh, they call for cilantro. I don't have cilantro. You don't have to run out and buy cilantro. You can just make it without. It's okay. use coriander seed, I think it's called. Or sure. Or you can substitute. Yes. That's so weird that they're the same. But yes. I know. (laughs) So I think don't be afraid of um, substituting or omitting different like parts of recipes, you can do it. You can do it. And you don't have to buy every little ingredient list on every new recipe that you try. Do the best with what you have. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And then another thing too, is, you know, if you are on a really strict budget, like if you mm-hmm. are getting, you know, WIC and you're getting, um, food assistance and you're getting food stamps, I would really try to use that money towards like the fruits and the vegetables and the frozen stuff is great. And then things like eggs, you can get eggs at a very Mm -hmm. affordable cost. You don't have to buy the organic grass fed, you know, cage free. You don't have to, Um, but eggs are a great source of protein and iron and they're affordable and they're really easy and versatile. So spending your money on things that are nutrient dense. So things that will fill you up that can make Mm -hmm. meals. So I think, you know, knowing what those staples are in your household. So if you have little kids, maybe whole milk is a staple, um, mm-hmm. bread, peanut butter. Um, and those are all things that, you know, WIC provides too. And then of course the fruits and vegetables, but a lot of things that um, we spend like the food stamps on and stuff are things that aren't nutrient dense. So they're not going to keep us satisfied. When you're on a budget, the the main thing too is like, we want to make sure that we're nourishing ourselves, like staying full. And so if we're 
doing like the juice and the soda, like that's really expensive and it's not actually giving us, um, so not that juice and soda are just, oh my gosh, they're so bad for you. You should never eat them. You're bad for drinking it. But when you're really trying to put your money towards things that will keep you full longer and keep your family full longer, I would really try to avoid like the juice and the soda. And even like, I love LaCroix and sparkling water. I spend way too much freaking money on sparkling water, but you know, if, if I'm at the point where like, yes those are so expensive i know so expensive but if you're at the point where like you're really gonna go over on your budget like those would be kind of the first things i would recommend cutting is the juice the soda the sparkling water the alcohol um the snacks that again are not nutrient dense so it's not that they're bad for us but like eating fruit roll-ups like it's not going to keep us full it's not going to sustain us like we're no, better like off six dollars for a pack of six expensive. yeah and so what the shit? we're better I off to li- relive the 90s and buy some gushers and i literally I could not bring myself to do it i love it like, so but yeah my mom so would never let me have gushers oh, i love them so good but yeah it's it's like all about you know what things are going to keep my family full and so you know peanut butter is peanut butter and eggs and like bread those are just kind of the go-tos of like you beans rice rice totally yes i mean rice and beans seriously rice and beans like just always i think all of us should all have rice and beans in our pantry at all times i know my son it's favorite meal is like rice beans um avocado cheese and sour cream like that is his his favorite meal yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, I mean, cheese for us is a huge one. We buy a ton of frozen veggies that are just like already pre-mixed, like carrots and peas or just peas or shelled edamame or green beans, like uh, so many freezer veggies that are easy to throw into anything and really beef it up and give you some more fiber and um, carbohydrate in there to keep you full. I think that's awesome. So yeah, keeping that balanced plate, like you guys have heard us talk about making sure there's a fat, protein and fiber source on your plate to keep you fuller for longer. Um, also specifically with food freedom um, and okay, how do I do this whole concept of unconditional permission to eat on a budget? Because that feels like I go to the store and just buy Oreos and Cheetos and ice cream and all this food that's expensive and have it in the house all the time. So what I'd recommend to you is work on one food item at a time and set aside a budget for it. So like the $5 of your grocery budget goes towards chips or goes towards whatever food you're working on first and continue to buy that every time you go to the grocery store. And that's just one item. So you're setting it aside. Maybe you're giving something else up, whether it's your you know, Starbucks coffee once a once a month, or whether it's, you know, going out to eat with your girlfriends at work or something once a month to focus on your food freedom journey. Mm -hmm. And remember, what I already said is actually working on food freedom will loosen up your budget long term because you're not doing the restrict binge cycle and you're not spending your money on diet fads and diet magazines, diet cookbooks, diet whatever you have out there. So really this is a priority for you. Then putting that money aside will pay off. So starting with just one food product every time you go to the grocery store and continuing to buy them until you have what we talk about, habituation. So having that food in the house, bringing down the like crazy factor around it, of excitement of binging on Oreos all night. Okay, now I know that I buy Oreos every week I go to the store and now they've lost their appeal. They can sit in there for a month or two and I might have one here or there, but it's really not that big of a deal. Once you get to that point, 
Then you can stop buying Oreos and buy something else or just buy them intermittently until they're all gone. So I think that's a big thing is instead of going out and buying all the food and trying to find food freedom this weekend, (laughs) go one week at a time, one food at a time and putting that money aside each time. Yeah, exactly. I know. I think that's, I mean, it's good to focus on one food at a time anyway, just because it can be so easy to get overwhelmed when you're starting intuitive eating. And so pick out that one food that is your biggest trigger, start with that. And then once you feel like, yeah, I actually don't, you know, crave this and binge it and feel out of control around that food, then move on to the next one. Um, So not only will it, yeah, advice to anybody, but it's just going to help make it just an easier transition. And then I loved, yeah, I just loved what you said there. So that's a great point, Alyssa. Um, gosh, well, I know okay, say, but I forgot. EDD. <laughs> It's probably because I just kept talking. Um, Also, another one I wanted to say is really striving to find that satisfaction factor any way that you can and that you can't afford. So let's say all you can afford is the staples. Okay, well, how can I make my eggs more delicious? Maybe adding an ounce of whole milk to them and mixing them up when you scramble them or having them nice and runny on top of your toast instead of, you know, fried to a crisp or maybe adding some extra salt and pepper or cooking them in butter instead of oil, make finding a way to make it more satisfying to you and really delicious and tasty and finding the decisions that you can make instead of focusing on what you can't. Like, oh, I can't have avocado toast for breakfast. I'm so bummed. Well, I can have this beautiful runny egg on top of toast and I it's okay. I can't afford the avocado this week. They were too expensive or whatever. Um, but I can focus more on what I can control and what I can choose within my realm of reason. And that might be adding a dollop of salsa to your eggs, making it more, you know, zesty or whatever. Um, So finding those things that you can control to A, increase satisfaction, but also get you to focus on what you can control, what you can choose, what you do have kind of your ability to get creative around food and get excited about the food that you're eating um, versus all the things that you can't afford or can't have, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And just finding spices that are, I mean, salt and pepper are great with everything, but just finding a few spices that you can use on meat and on vegetables has been huge for us. Like we have a few spices that we use on a variety of meats and a variety of vegetables. And it's just, it's awesome to have that. And then, you know, a lot of times we spend money, spices are expensive. A lot of times we spend money on spices where we use it for one recipe and never use it again. And we can go to our spice cabinet recently. We had spices from 2017. You guys have expired in 2017. Yeah. That's not even, that's not even bad. I guarantee I have ones from like 2006. Yeah, but I was like, okay. <laughs> so we spent like $8 on the spice and, you know, we only used it and so yep. it is, yeah, I would say it too, when you're checking out recipes, just try to find ones that are um, very common spices that you're going to use for several, several things. Yeah. And, and don't be ashamed to go over the neighbor and borrow yeah. that like anise or whatever weird. the hell that yeah. spice is. <laughs> the weird spice that you need yeah. once a year, you know, don't be afraid to go ask, you know, to borrow it. I've got <gasps> saffron. I can yes. guarantee I've used one tiny saffron. strand. We use it so, yeah really I never use it never ever ever and actually I made a recipe one time that called for it and I was like well I don't have it yeah I do Alyssa it's just buried in the back of your spice cabinet um something we do is we buy our spices in bulk um I don't know where 
specifically you guys can get it, but in Colorado, we've got Vitamin Cottage. Um, what's the other name for that? Natural Cottage. Grocers. Natural yeah. Grocers. That's the other name. They have spices in bulk, you guys, for so freaking cheap. It just doesn't come with the bottle. So it comes in a bag and we just refill our bottles or you can just keep it in the bag. And it's so much cheaper. It's literally like a dollar for any spice you can dream of. Um, And that can be really helpful, too. I know Amazon has them as well that you can buy in bulk um, to keep that a little bit cheaper. But yeah, getting really creative. Anytime you add fat or salt to food, it's going to help you with that satisfaction factor. And again, I just want to come back to this as kind of my last tip for you guys is finding food freedom and truly working through this process quickly. I really, truly believe will help you. And I know it's helped me save money in the long run. So obviously our podcast is 100% free to you. The membership is a very low cost option for you if that's something you're able to afford to find food freedom faster. And really, truly, that's why we developed it is to help you get there faster and not take so many years like it did take Brooke and I working on it by ourselves. Um, but also some another tip for you is actually keeping a food and mood journal. And we've talked about this as a tip before. I know Brooke has talked about it a lot on her Instagram, Nutrition for Mamas. Using this food and mood journal can really help you get to a place of food freedom faster because you're keeping track of how you're feeling around food, what foods you're craving, what foods feel good, what foods you feel like you're out of control or binge on and what foods you need to work on and keeping track of that versus just like spontaneously trying to figure it out and (laughs) randomly choosing foods Mm -hmm. off the shelf that that look good and really getting like a, a little bit more focused on your journey. So hopefully it doesn't take you quite as long of time and listening to other free podcasts. If you guys like our podcast, there's several out there that you would probably like to get you some of this information for free as well. But I do think that can be an amazing way to spend your money. Actually, we've had several members who have said specifically, I don't have the budget for this. I want to cancel. And then they come back to us Just and have said, Actually, I'm going to keep my membership and cancel something else. Yes, just kidding. Because this is important to me. This is a priority I want to put my money towards because it's actually going to help me in the long run, including not only, but including with my budget. And so, you know, I just thought it was really um, inspiring to hear their stories of that, of how they are prioritizing their health and their mental health and their relationship with food and their body and really realizing that this is going to help them in the long term. This is going to help them keep them from buying multiple outfits they're never going to wear because they're unhappy with the way that they look in them or whatever. You know, there's so many things that we spend our money on in diet culture because we're told to and never actually use it or eat it or want to eat it or feel good eating it or using the app or whatever. And and truly, I think um, one of the best decisions I ever did was go after intuitive eating and learn it for myself. Yeah. I think it saved me, honestly, thousands of dollars oh long term with yeah, the amount I of money that people, people spend on, like, on certain I spent things. I so. like $500 on diet supplements and weight loss supplements. And there are so many supplements out there. Like, I won't even get started on the, all the MLM companies that come at me in my DMs and are like, you should promote my products, weight loss products. And I'm like, have you read a post? Like, just because I'm a dietitian, yep. I'm selling like your weight loss products. But, have um, you but it's heard from me at all? Like how much money diet culture has stolen from all of us. Like even Noom and Weight Watchers, like there's just so many things, cookbooks. I mean, whole 30. I mean, you name it, um, a lot of us, a lot of us, us included, have lost money to diet culture. And it's just, it doesn't yeah. have to be that way anymore. And the best thing you can do as, especially as a mom, is 
to yeah. heal your relationship with food and body because it is just going to set that example for your kids. We heard some really awesome stories in our membership too from women in there saying like, I am noticing a change with how my kids talk about food. And that, seriously, that feels so good. Like Alyssa and I, I mean, of course we like, we're moms, so we love working with moms especially, mm -hmm. but just hearing that like, you're not only changing your life, you're changing your kids' future. That is like worth so much money. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. All right, you guys, we hope this episode was helpful for you guys and how to find food freedom on a budget. And you got some tangible tips to take home with you to put this into practice. Um, you know what? We just love having you guys here. We love connecting with you. Definitely follow us on Instagram at diet.rioters um, so we can connect further with you guys. And don't forget to get on that wait list for our membership. Doors are opening soon and you don't want to miss it. So click the link in the show notes below and we will see you next week. Thank you.